You guys, welcome to episode 56 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known. Hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. It's me, Troy McKeady. How are you? Um, let me just immediately apologize to you for whatever you're hearing behind me right now, if anything. Uh, my fucking cunt neighbor just, like, wakes up at the most staunch time. Like, I'm up very early right now. It's 7 a.m. That's early for me. And my neighbor's out cutting his grass. And it's like, dude, get a life. Like, that's the most staunch time to wake up in the middle of the week and decide it's time for you to cut your grass. It's a real sort of, like, Hank Hill situation happening next door to me. Um, But I'm not going to let it get me down because I'm in a really good mood, and I'm really excited about who we're going to be talking about today. Um, so you know how the other week I was talking about how the re- the way that I decide who I'm going to talk about on this podcast is I'll just, like, listen to a couple episodes, or I'll listen to the episode prior, and, like, I'm always, like, I always subconsciously mention somebody who I'm, like, very interested in, and then don't even think about it and don't realize it and never really think, you know, I I don't go back to it. And then I'll re-listen to the episode and be like, oh, like, I clearly have a lot to say about Heather Locklear because she got me worked up for a seven-minute rant uh, last week. That was actually kind of embarrassing. And then I just purge it out, you know, the following week I just purge it out. And I realized that I have mentioned (laughs) Sandra Bullock on this podcast like, literally so many times now that it's actually, it's, like, creepy. Like, I clearly have some sort of bodyguard-esque bloodthirst for Sandra Bullock. I'm always comparing her to everybody. I'm always, like, using her as an example of, like, the perfect person in my eyes. Like, I just, I just love Sandra Bullock. And I I think that, I said before that I think the way you guys love Jennifer Aniston is the way that I think, it's, like, I think it's the same feeling. I think. I don't know. I mean, I can't can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure the feeling that you guys have when you talk about Jennifer or, like, think about her or see her get interviewed um, is, like, it's similar to how we feel about Sandra. Like, you just want what's best for her and stuff, right? I'm assuming. You're nodding up and down, right? You want what's best for Jennifer. That's why you love her and her middle part. Whatever. We're not going to get into that. This is a happy day. (laughs) This is a happy day. Um, We're going to be talking about Sandra Bullock and Jesse James. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this is also one of those episodes that's just so, like, even though I do have 43,000 pages of notes and it looks like an ancient Asian scroll, um, at the same time, like, it was so easy to research this episode because there's so much on the internet about these two and there's so much, you know, so many people have had so much to say about the situation that it really, you know, it made it easy to do my job, which is to dig into the filing cabinets of their personal lives and exploit them. Uh, (laughs) But no, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I'm excited to just like live in a Sandra Bullock world for the next couple, you know, hours or so whatever. And, uh, you know, Jesse James, a shocking blind spot. I know, I know. You look at me and think, well, Of course. Of course the boy likes Jesse James. Of course the boy is into uh, West Coast Choppers. Of course. It's on brand. Just kidding. Not at all. Like, I don't think I've ever watched a morsel of Jesse James on television 
uh, besides back in the day when it was appropriate to watch fucking Celebrity Apprentice, um, I think that was the only time I ever really knew... I mean, I knew who he was, and I knew what he was famous for, and I'm, uh, if I'm being honest, I'm pretty sure I had seen a couple episodes of that stupid show, but... The point is, you know, I wasn't, like, checking for Jesse James. Like, I didn't give a shit about Jesse James. The only thing that I've ever... The only portion of his life that's ever been important to me was when he was dating our Sandy for six years. And, you know, now he's known as the guy who broke Sandra Bullock's heart. He'll always be known as the guy who cheated on Sandra Bullock. And I think that, you know, this uh, cheating scandal was probably one of the biggest in celebrity history. Like, it was at a definite, like, Tiger Woods level of, like, every day the story just unfolding more and becoming more debaucherous and insane and you know more women coming out every day and him going into rehab like it's a whole it's a whole thing you know it was just a whole a media circus and you know for somebody like Sandra Bullock who is like the least press obsessed celebrity ever like you know if there's anybody that you can think of who would be considered like A-list royalty who's been in the game for a really long time but at the same time, just kind of doesn't give a shit about publicity and all that stuff. Like, it definitely would be Sandra Bullock. So for her to be in a situation where she thinks that she's, like, met the man of her dreams. And, you know, this happens on top of the fact that we all remember it was award season. And, like, obviously we're going to talk about all this stuff. But, like, you know, she worked her fucking ass. I'm going to get, oh, I can already tell I'm going to get weird with this episode. I'm, I can feel it right now. Whenever my voice gets to that, like, shrill tone where I'm, like psychotically defending somebody who doesn't know me or care about me, um, I can tell that it's going to be a, uh, we'll call it passionate episode for me, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Sandra deserves our passion. I'm sure you're feeling the passions or whatever as well. Um, but I was going to say, you know, uh, she worked her entire life. She worked her fucking ass off to, you know, get to a point where she could be nominated for an Oscar and, you know, it's really fucked up that during award season when she's winning Golden Globes and Oscars and, like, finally fulfilling this, like, actor dream where, you know, it seems like her whole career has led up to this moment. Then Jesse James comes along and, you know, sticks his fucking dick in Michelle Bombshell McGee and fucks it all up for her. And, you know, I just, I, I guess we should get into it because it's, it's, it's now been seven minutes of me just ranting and I should, we should do it. We're gonna do it. Um... I'm gonna try and get through this. I'm literally so tired. Last night I got four hours of sleep. And it's not... It was just poor decision making. It's not like, don't cry for me. And I also, by the way, I wasn't like drunk or anything like that. It wasn't like a hangover thing. I just... I just made poor choices. And I have sleep issues. Like, I never sleep. I could not sleep for like five days and feel fine. But then when I do fall asleep because of that, I crash really hard. So... Um, why am I telling you this story? See, this is what's, this is what this episode's gonna be. I'm just letting you know. Like, I'm loopy, I'm a little bit out of it, the guy next door to me is cutting his grass, we're talking about Sandra Bullock, who I feel very passionate about, and I don't feel like I can control my highs and lows. Like, I don't feel in control of this episode, but you're along for the ride, so, you know, you get what you pay for, Patreon members, you're paying this week to listen to me have, um, little, just mental lapses during this, this episode the whole time. You guys, Sandra Bullock and Jesse James started dating in July of 2004. They got married in uh, July of 2005, and they separated in March of 2010. 
Their divorce was finalized in June of the same year. And um, for the time that they lasted, I mean, you know, Jesse and Sandra were sort of like a fun, odd couple. Like, they seemed to be really in love. I think, you know, sometimes when it comes to celebrity relationships, like the most unexpected relationships are the ones that we root for the most because we're like, oh, okay. You two found each other. You know, A-list, Oscar-nominated actress Sandra Bullock found uh, reality television uh, car parts star Jesse James. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Um, And, yeah, I mean, as we all know, now after six years of what seemed like a happy relationship, Jesse cheated on uh, Sandra. You know, they created a... Well, he created this giant media fire, put her right in the middle of it, and... Uh, he very famously cheated on her with multiple women, but most famously, Michelle Bombshell McGee, who you may remember from the Charlie Sheen episode uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, this is just one of those one of those Hollywood couples. And I know we've talked about similar couples in the past, but like where the age difference was also just like constantly brought up. Like Sandra's five years older than him, and it was. You know, almost every article I read was a you know was started off with like her age and versus his his age, or you know just something alluding to her being older, as if she's like this old woman like carrying him around by like a collar or something. You know, it's five fucking years, but like for Hollywood, that's like a decade. Um, but yeah, we should start off by talking about Sandra because clearly I am I've got some real pent up uh, energy here. That I'd like to exhaust. And what better way to do that than to talk about Sandra Bullock for like 30 minutes. Um, so I didn't know this. Maybe you did. I don't know. But I, I found out that Sandra Bullock came from an extremely interesting family. Her dad, John, was a voice coach. And he also served in the army. And her mom was an opera singer. She was also a voice teacher. Um, so Sandra, her whole life, has been getting free vocal training which makes me think like is sandra bullock like a fucking amazing singer and none of us know it wait has sandra bullock sang in a movie and i just am an idiot right now and you're like screaming at me has has that happened let me know but like has is sandra bullock sleeping on the fact that she probably has like this beautiful voice um but her father was stationed in germany when she when he met uh, her mom So Sandra was raised in Nuremberg and Austria for like a really, I mean, for most of her childhood. And uh, so she speaks fluent German and she actually held uh, dual citizenship until she was 18. Um, I read on the internet that in 2009 she went, she like lost it and became a U.S. citizen and went back to get her dual, her German citizenship. Like it's something that's very important to her. I had no idea that like... Sandra was, like, a German girl. Like, I didn't know. I mean, she's not, but you know what I mean. Like, I didn't know that she was, like, raised in Germany. Um, And as a child, she would, like, travel all over the world with her mom on these European opera tours. And so Sandra herself, she also studied ballet, of course. Like I said, she did vocal training, vocal arts. Um, she, She was a singer. I mean, I'm pretty sure she, like, sang opera as a kid. Um... And she just had these really small parts in these opera productions that her mom would put on, whether it was, like, dancing or stage stuff or singing or whatever. Um, So, essentially, her entire life, since she was a little girl, she's been in the arts in some form. 
and she also studied theater and stuff throughout college and high school. And in the late 80s, she moved to New York to focus on her career. Um, and while she was there, she said, you know, she worked as a bartender. Like, very typical, like, I'm moving to New York to follow my dream story. She worked as a bartender and a cocktail waitress and, like, a coat check girl and all the things, you know. A dog groomer, I'm sure. I can see Sandy squeezing the anal glands of a couple hound dogs. <laughs> Am I right? Um, so while she was there, she took acting classes from Sanford Meisner, who also taught um, Tom Cruise uh, Alec Baldwin, Tina Fey, like, his list is insane. Chris Maloney, David Duchovny, Diane Keaton, can we talk? Um, James Franco, Jeff Bridges, like, literally the best of the best. After appearing in a couple of student films, she was offered a role in the off-Broadway production of No, F- no Time Flat, and uh, the director, Alan Levi, saw her in the production offered her a couple, you know, small roles. She was in uh, the TV movie Bionic Showdown, The Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. And uh, she also, he also offered her, like, a really small role in uh, the immediately canceled TV adaption of Working Girl. How did we let that happen? At the time, I was only two. So I had no, I don't take any, any, I don't accept any blame. I would have watched the Working Girl TV reboot. I mean, are you kidding? What was wrong? What could have possibly been wrong? Working Girl for TV? It's perfect, right? Like, what could have possibly been the problem? Um, so, yeah, Sandra had, like, a handful of films under her belt. Like, you know, before she actually hit it big, she had acted pretty consecutively. Uh, she starred in Love Potion Number 9, uh, That Thing Called Love, Fire on the Amazon. She was also in Demolition Man. But, like, you guys know what's coming. First of all, you guys know... uh, You guys know that I love a sexual thriller, but the one thing that I love more than a sexual thriller is an action film. A good action film. I could sit and watch... I'm not even kidding you. This past Christmas, I... And this is also, like, the most hipstery thing ever, but, like, whatever. I sat and watched every single Die Hard from the very first to the most recent and I enjoyed every single moment. I love action movies that are done well. Like a well-acted, well-written, not cheesy fucking... Sorry, but like anything that's not like a, like an Avengers kind of thing. Like I can't deal with that. I just can't. Because it's bullshit. I'm sorry. I know. I'm 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 offending like 90% of the people listening. It's bullshit. Those movies are bullshit. Like they are just shoving bullshit down your throat and at the same time you are handing them just wads of money as they literally force feed you literal shit cuz they're just they're nothing. Like they're just CGI what ha- what's happening? Why is this a fight that I'm choosing to take today? But like they're just like CGI bullshit you know what i mean they're not they're terribly acted and it's like ridiculous that scarlett johansson hasn't been like given a uh an origin story movie yet like if you're gonna why are we doing this i'm not even i'm not even gonna allow myself to go any further you guys we have to talk about speed so before sandra bullock accepted the role of annie in the now iconic 90s film speed the part actually went to halle berry 
and the role was written for a black woman who worked as a paramedic because I guess in the minds of the men directing this film, uh, being a paramedic would explain why uh, Annie was able to drive the bus through L.A. traffic um, for two hours. I'm not really sure how. Um, But Hallie ended up declining the role and they changed the character's background to educational. So they were like, okay, so she's a teacher. And then at that point, they were like, let's make her a teacher and have her be like the comic relief sidekick to the main character. And at this particular point, I think Ellen was tied to the role. Um, Ellen has since said that they never actually asked her to do it, but in, like they had her in mind. So they rewrote it for Ellen to play Annie. And then it was decided that they wanted the sidekick to also be a love interest. So in the end, they would end up together and they were like, let's cast Sandra Bullock. Changed her life, obviously. I mean, Speed is such a great action film. Like, it's everything that you want an action film to be. It's entertaining. It's well thought out. It's fun. It's big. It's tacky. It's explosive. You know, it's good. Also, by the way, uh, Josh Whedon actually wrote, like, he did the rewrites to make it funny. Because, you know, it was supposed to be, like, this much darker film. And then when they decided that they wanted Annie to be funny, they rewrote the whole film. And uh, he actually, it's been said that he wrote 99% of the dialogue, but didn't receive, like, an official credit for the film because of some Writers Guild political bullshit So, he's not even on the poster. He's not mentioned in the credits or anything. But he did make them create a a mock poster specifically for him to keep in his house that that has his name in the credit. uh, Because he wrote the fucking movie. So, Joss Whedon, your beloved Joss Whedon, wrote Speed. And that's why it's probably so great. Um... And we also can't talk about Speed without mentioning our beloved Keanu. I mean, can we talk? Who was chosen after Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Wesley Snipes, Woody, and Woody Harrelson were approached to play uh, his character. And the director ended up choosing Keanu because he loved him in Point Break, but, like, didn't we all? And, um, you know, if you recall, Keanu was actually best friends at the time with River Phoenix. And the production of Speed was going on at the same time as River's death. And a lot of people on the production, you know, talked about how Keanu's personality changed and, you know, just how much it affected him. And a lot of people had never seen a person, like, mourn the way that he did. And he had gone from being this sort of, like, outgoing, bubbly, you know, always really polite, like, happy to help people on set, you know, happy to, like, go over lines. Like, just, like, a sweet, nice guy. Um... It's a very reserved and quiet and shy and just sad. And, uh, you know, it's just like a really sad situation. Like, he was so young. And, um, you know, River and, and and Keanu had just done two films together. They were basically, like, brothers. And they changed the production schedule so that he could, like, you know, film the easier scenes first. Um, and he also, he, you know, secluded himself. And I read that he would just, like, lock himself in his trailer and read Hamlet because... River and Keanu, Keanu Booth, (laughs) Keanu Booth, uh, River and Keanu both loved Hamlet. That was like a thing that bonded them. And 
one of like the little like they had a lot of inside inside Hamlet jokes, which like okay, um, so he would just hang out in his trailer and read Hamlet, and I don't know, it's just really sad. R- River Phoenix makes me so sad. Like I can't. I know that I talked about River a lot with Christina Laske in uh, what was that the Johnny Depp episode with Winona, um, but it's just so like I it it like. I can't help but, like, go to that dark place when I even think about him of, like, what would he be doing? What would he be starring in? You know, what would his children be like? I mean, what would River be doing? Like, how would he, you know, would Leo exist? You know, that whole thing pops up. Um, But at the time, Keanu had said, all I can say is that I've never felt a thing like that before in my life. Um, I was very sad, but it was something beyond sad. I don't know what it was. Um, He said, "I I guess you just sobbed for hours. Um, also, a fun little fact about the movie is that Sandra had to learn how to ro- how to drive a bus, obviously. So she took these, like, bus training classes, which is amazing to imagine. Sandra Bullock, with her bangs and bob of the 90s, learning how to drive a bus in bus school. Um, but actually, during production, there was this person who sat two rows behind her and had his own wheel. Uh, he was obviously like a stunt driver and was able to control her wheel, whatever. You get what I'm saying. It's early. You guys don't. It's early. So stop. Um, there was also a guy who sat on the roof that had his own wheel as well. And like, I don't know, that's just like a really weird thing to imagine that like some person on the roof is controlling the car. It's like insane. Um, I also read too, and I thought this was really fascinating that like, when they tested this movie with audiences, they noticed that people in the theater, when they would get up to go to the bathroom or, like, go buy food or whatever, that they would walk backwards. Every single person, they'd walk backwards really, really slowly because they were so enthralled by the movie that they they didn't want to take their eyes off the screen. And this was the thing that convinced 20th Century Fox to actually move up the release date of the movie from August to June. And um, Speed was hugely successful, and, like, not in the way that, you know, not just in the way that, like, an action movie does well in the summer or whatever, like, how that's always been, like, a thing. Like, it did well in a way that really changed the action genre. Like, it was a sort of genre-changing film, and there were so many movies after Speed that tried to copy what Speed did. And, you know, I mean, it turned Keanu Reeves into this big blockbuster giant movie star big action star like you know it it completely changed his his career obviously it's a movie that gave sandra bullock you know 20 years more of an incredible an incredible career if i may say so myself um people eat this shit up roger ebert was actually very famously like one of the biggest supporters of speed even speed 2 Speed 2 Cruise Control, which we'll talk about here in a couple minutes. Um, But he said in his review of the film, films like Speed belong to the genre I call bruised forearm movies because you're always grabbing the arm of of the person next to you. Done wrong, they seem like tired replays of old chase cliches. Done well, they're fun. Done as well as Speed, they generate a kind of manic exhilaration. You know, and that's the, I mean, like, that's why Roger Ebert was the greatest to ever do it, because that is the best way to put it. Like, there's such a difference between a good action movie, okay, there's such a huge difference between, like, an action movie that you'll watch, because it's, like, fun to watch it, whatever, 
And then there are action movies that are, like, really good at doing what they do. You know, like, it's a fun action flick. Like, you leave the theater being like, I love Summer. You know what I mean? Like, I love Summer. I'm so excited. And then there are movies like Speed or, like, A Mission Impossible or something like that where it's, like, you're literally, like, gripped in a way that you can't even put into words. Like, it has its foot on your fucking throat for... And they're usually, like, three hours, right? So it's got its foot on your throat for three hours straight, and you are struggling to breathe the whole time. And you leave feeling sort of exhausted, but, like, living. Um, And the film was nominated for a few Academy Awards for editing, um, some MTV Movie Awards, some Blockbuster Entertainment Awards. And I'll tell you, doing this podcast has really reminded me of how important the Blockbuster Entertainment Award used to be. I mean... Blockbuster was an in, was, was an institution, young people. You'll never understand. Like, you will never... If you're of a particular age, you will never understand the importance that Blockbuster played in our lives. And I feel so bad for you that you can't... That you're too young to, to know what it was like to walk through the aisles of a video store. Like, I just... I'll never understand why we let videos... St- I mean, it's like, can we not stream stuff and also watch it physically? I don't understand. Why are we so, like... It's like we can only do one or the other. You know what I mean? If, techn- if technology advances a tiny bit, we just, like, spit on the last 30 years as if it didn't happen. Like, why can't we watch... Why can't we have video stores? I still don't understand. And I think in this day and age... Where everything is, like, throwbacks and everybody loves, like, recreating fucking 90s and 80s moments. Like, let's, like, build a video store and just see what happens. If you build it, they will come. I'm not even kidding. Like, we will come. Uh, When it was all said and done, the movie's budget was $30 million and it ranked in $350.4 million. So, like, that's beyond any... I mean, that's, like... It's no surprise that uh, they immediately tried to do a sequel which we i said again you know we'll talk about in a minute we just gotta ease up to it because speed Two cruise control is something to talk about um and yeah i mean like the 90s were really just a time when sandra bullock thrived like the success of speed and then she did while you um while you were sleeping which earned her a golden globe nomination uh for best actress which is huge uh she also starred in a time to kill and, well, Speed 2 Cruise Control, which is an absolutely batshit crazy film that she only agreed to do so that she could get backing for her own project, which at the time was Hope Floats. Um, you know, and she said in interviews and stuff that it was like her biggest regret was starring in that movie. It's the biggest regret of her entire career. And I don't know. I think that a movie that abysmally bad is actually like a blessing because it's iconic. It's like Geely. You know what I mean? I mean, it really is like its own version of Sharknado, back when Sharknado didn't know it was ridiculous. It is... To try and recreate the the tense... The tenseness, whatever, of a, a... A bus going, like, 90 miles an hour in L.A. traffic. To try and recreate that with a giant cruise ship moving incredibly slow <laughs> through the ocean... It's amazing. It's amazing that these people really thought that uh, that, that would work. Um, 
the real reason though that we're here that I'm here I'm not gonna speak for you but like for me you know speed is great and all I love speed gave us gave us our Sandy gave her a career but I would really much prefer to talk about a film from 1995 that you may or may not know called The Net yeah can we talk I just want to discuss The Net for a couple minutes I just want to talk about why this movie is so important to me. Actually, I don't even know why, but it just, like, I love this hilariously dated film. Um, it's so funny to watch The Net in 2018. Let me just give some backstory. So, like, this is a movie about a woman named Angela, played by Sandra, who works as, like, a systems analyst in California. And by 1995 standards, she's, this, she's like, a wacky, reclusive kind of crazy person um like her friends are people that are on the internet so she's weird and you know she works on her computer so she's weird and she does wacky things like order pizza on the internet so she's weird um you know she's so tapped into the internet that she uses it to order food like a real geek and uh yeah, I mean, to make a long story short, it's a movie that involves a floppy disk that holds the codes to, like, end the world. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So, go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate, and then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.